0: Hey everybody! This is Brian back with another episode of Grief to Growth, and today I've got with me Katie Beecher. I'm going to read Katie's bio, and then we're going to get started having a conversation. Uh, Katie Beecher, MS LPC, is a licensed professional counselor, and she's a medical and emotional intuitive with over over 30 years of experience. She's featured in Goop and Kourtney Kardashian's website, Push, and Miranda Kerr, Cora Organics blog. She has a unique way of working with clients, which we're going to talk about. She creates a detailed individualized physical emotional and spiritual report and a symbolic painting before she ever sees a client before she talks with them or before seeing a photograph using only their name and age. Uh, She's working on a new book. It's called soul inspired. We'll talk about that. It's going to be published uh, coming out soon. And it's about what she does as a medical intuitive, her own healing from eating disorder, Lyme disease, and other serious illness and helping others heal and connect to their intuition using information from her guides and using Jungian psychology. So with that, I want to welcome Katie, uh, Katie Becker.
2: Thank
3: you. Or Katie Next
0: Beecher, week. I'm sorry. Beecher.
3: Okay. Katie That's quite all right.
0: Yeah, I am a little flustered today. I was telling Katie before we got on, I was on another call before this and it messed up my entire system. My camera wouldn't work or anything. I'm used to going through near-death experiences, but this was a little bit different. This was actually on my end. So I appreciate your, your patience, Katie. No problem. So, um, what I'd like to do is just introduce you to, to my audience. So first of us, tell me a little bit about Katie. Who are you?
3: Um, well, the right now, anyway, uh, for the past, probably seven, eight years, I've worked primarily as a medical and spiritual intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, before that I was mostly a licensed counselor, even though I worked really intuitively as a counselor and um I help people all over the world with medical problems, um, emotional stuff, spiritual stuff, relationships, trauma, um, basically a little bit of everything. Um, some mm-hmm. people who hire me are actually sick and have illnesses, and some people just want to know more about, you know, how to make their relationships better or connect to intuition, um, things like that.
0: Okay. So you're, um, how did you get started as a medical intuitive? How did you realize you had this ability?
3: That is a question I always get asked. And um, because it's, it's very, as much as I love my work, it's really strange. And to try and explain it to how I know the things I know is, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I actually could, even though I've learned to trust it very much. But as a kid, I was always picking up people's energies. And I knew things, you know, about the adults that were talking, um, Mm -hmm. just their, you know, their moods, or what was going on, or I'd tell my parents things about Other adults and they'd be like you know how do you know that um and so and i was always super sensitive um you know picking up environmental stuff close to animals that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um and then i started to pick up the energy of people from the other side i guess you would call them dead people but mm -hmm. a lot of the energy was negative and evil and Mm -hmm. it was very very scary so As you can imagine, as a kid, you want nothing to do with it. And I just turned it all off. So, coming from a very dysfunctional family, I developed an eating disorder and pretty severe depression, was close to suicide. And I really believe it was divine intervention that saved me. And I called our pediatrician at the age of 16 without telling my parents and said, you know, this is what I'm doing. And he didn't seem too flustered by it. It was, you know, 1983. They weren't really talking about eating disorders that much, but thankfully I pushed and he gave me the name of a Jungian therapist. Hmm. Took me a couple months to get the courage to call her, but you know, fortunately I did. And she, I don't know how much you know about Jungian philosophy or Jungian, Jungian psychology, but he is very, was very open to things like intuition and um, and mediumship and um, astrology and he used astrology in his work and drew from just all kinds of disciplines. So she was the perfect person for me to work with because she helped me to connect my intuition and find self-love and to accept, you know, the, um, the weird things that were happening to accept my abilities and not to be afraid of them
2: mm-hmm.
3: and to learn to use them. And so I... I've been recovered from bulimia for 30 years, which is amazing. Over 30 years now Um, became a counselor and wasn't really using my abilities that much for anything. They'd more like, you know, for friends or something and things would come up. Um, And then as I would start to work with clients, I'd start to, I was starting to um, channel their relatives Hmm. during sessions. And it was very natural, but also very weird at the same time. But I realized, you know, I can't ignore this any longer and I need to pursue it. So I joined a spiritualist church.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm.
3: That was nearby. And for people who don't know, they actually had medium readings and things during their services. It's a pretty cool experience. So then about 12 years ago, my mom got a flu shot and she became 100% paralyzed and blind. Mm. And, you know, it went on this path of just learning about toxins and and all kinds of other things, which um, has been really, really valuable experience. But I ended up being a caretaker, just family discord, the whole thing that goes along with all that kind of stuff. And I realized that the work I've been doing as a counselor and as an artist just wasn't, it wasn't the same anymore. It wasn't fulfilling, you know, the same um, need. I wasn't doing as much helping as I would like. And Mm -hmm. I started looking for other things to do. And I ended up going to a workshop for three days with the medical intuitive, just kind of on a whim. I didn't really know much about it. And after like the first thing she did was say, I'm going to give you the name and age of person or animal or something. And I didn't think I would know anything, but I ended up being able to see what they looked like and know things about their life and their childhood and their health and kind of, you know, surprising me as much as anyone else. But Hmm at the end of the first day, she said, I don't know what you do in real life, but you should pursue this. So I kind of took an online class with her. It was a once a month thing. And then I've just been doing it ever since. And I really feel like this is my calling.
0: Wow. Wow. So So, long answer. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I appreciate the the background. So you what, what age did you start feeling people from the other side? It was do you? I remember,
3: I mean, being like, two or three and just knowing things about my parents and being able to pick things up from them and mm-hmm. and actually feeling like almost like somebody was talking to me from the other side, like these people are not responsible enough to raise you. You have to kind of raise yourself, yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just a deep knowing. And I remember around 10 when the exorcist came out is when I was more cognizant of picking up, you know, evil things yeah. and, my therapist says because I realized that evil does exist. So I took it seriously.
0: Okay. So um I have a lot of questions to ask you. So one of the things is, you know, a lot of times I work with a lot of mediums, and there's and they'll say there's a difference between a psychic and a medium. And the difference is psychics can pick up things from people on this side, and mediums can pick up from things on people on the other side. So it sounds like you're getting both.
3: I do get both. I okay. do. When I do my readings, um, I do the report first, and it's very long. And I download information from my guides. But I also often get information about the person in the present. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also get information from their loved ones who have passed on a pretty regular basis, or sometimes their pets. So um, it's definitely a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I primarily work on the here and now, like, what can we do about making your life better now and moving forward and Mm -hmm. definitely resolving trauma and things like that. But, um, I really believe in, you know, being able to let go of as much as possible in a healthy way and just moving forward.
0: Yeah. So, um, so when you, when you do this, your, your guides are guides and their loved ones are giving the information about, about the target, the person that you're, that you're trying Mm -hmm. to, that Mm -hmm. you're, you're reading, right and so you learned about their, you said their traumas i guess their medical conditions and literally
3: everything it's okay. um it's their i use first of all, i use the seven chakras which are the seven energy centers in the body for people mm-hmm. who don't know so it allows me to look at the person as a whole and i look at emotional spiritual and physical issues okay and it's it's literally everything it's their physical characteristics um you know problems that they're having with their physical body, um, emotional issues, it's traumas, childhood stuff, um, family things, relationships, career, um, how they are working with their intuition or how afraid of it they are. You Mm -hmm. know, I help people connect with that. And, um, because I really feel like you have to look at the whole person. Yeah. You know, we're not one dimensional. And for me, I've had enough strange experiences myself that just looking at physical didn't, you know, give me the the answers that I needed. So
0: yeah, well, we're we're physical, mental, spiritual beings. So I think it makes sense to look at us in a, in a more well-rounded way. Um, the other thing that's interesting is to, is the idea of evil and and what evil is. So I know that some people in the spiritual world say, well, there is no such thing as evil. It's all it's all love and light. Some people say there is evil, and and you talk about the fact that you were able to recognize evil. And you also talk about protecting ourselves from evil. So, tell yeah. me more about like what this evil is and and how we interact with it.
3: Sure. Um, and this is just my perspective. Mm-hmm. So, um, other people may have had different experiences, but I definitely do believe in in love, and then the opposite that of that to me is evil, if you will. And and I guess I define evil as um, something that makes you turn away from yourself and your authenticity and love
2: mm-hmm. and
3: loving other people and something that causes, you know, um, tries to make problems between people and to, you know, um, create um, prejudices and biases and, and things like that. And the way that it made sense to me, as far as the evil that I was picking up is that, it was trying to use fear to keep me away from the abilities that I was going to use to help people heal and love themselves and connect to love and intuition. And I believe that intuition is God within, which is not from me. It's a Carl Jung term, but you Mm -hmm. know, I believe that when we're connected to um, intuition, it's our authenticity. It's, it's love. It's something that keeps us safe and Mm -hmm. it's nurturing. So And I've unfortunately grew up in a home where there was a lot of evil. And that is what I determined I was picking up. It wasn't from my old house. It wasn't from, you know, it was from my home. And
2: Mm
3: -hmm. um, I've consequently, consequently had to separate myself from those individuals. But, and I guess I don't, I don't look at evil as something that can possess you. That is all powerful. I think that we can be vulnerable to it. Like if we are in states of, um, you know, substance abuse where we're, we're not cognizant of what's going on, or if we actively engage with evil people or spirits or something like that. But I was always taught that as long as you're connected with love, you're always protected and nothing can hurt you. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And so, and it's that, those fears that keep people from connecting to intuition and, and connecting to their Psychic abilities, if you will, which I think we all have.
0: Yeah. So when you talk about evil, then are, are we talking about evil entities? Are we talking about evil as like a force or?
3: I guess to me, it's more of a force um, that people can definitely um, become attracted to. Although mm-hmm. I do have a weird story for you about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I was in college. And my then boyfriend was living in Connecticut and I was in DC and we were talking on the phone at night and all of a sudden I could see the, the moon outside of his room in Connecticut from DC.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I just started to feel very strange. I couldn't explain it. And he said, I feel like there's something strange going on too. And the next thing I knew I was having an out of body experience and I was in his room in Connecticut. Hmm. which had never happened to me before. I wasn't trying to do it. It wasn't something I asked for. So it felt okay. It was fine. And then I guess whatever led me to that decided to have me come back. And I remember being attached to this metallic cord and this, I don't even know what you call it. I'll call it an entity. um, If you will literally jumped on my back as Hmm. I was trying to get back and I've felt evil before this was the most intense evil I had ever felt in my life. It was terrifying. It was sort of half monkeyish creature with some human to it. And I just kept saying the Lord's prayer over and over and over. And I remember physically shaking to try and get it off. And it finally left. Hmm. Um, So that was definitely different, Um, you know, and Yeah. yeah. So that was, it was something.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because uh, as I said, I talked to people, some people say they don't, they don't believe this type of entity exists and other people. So they've had experience with it. Right. So, you know, if you, if you've had an experience with it, you have, but as you were talking about it earlier, talking about evil reminded me, I'm reading this uh, series of books. Now it's called the team. And there's a concept in this and she calls it vibrational spheres. And these are like energy spheres that are, they're they're um that we can contribute to as humans and so as we choose love and light we contribute to those spheres if we become addicted to something we contribute to that sphere and people can get kind of caught up in the pull of these different spheres interesting that that kind of made sense to me as as a concept of what something that like an evil attraction or something might be
3: yeah no that makes a lot of sense um i mean energy definitely exists love definitely exists so why isn't there, you know, the counter to that? And we certainly have seen examples in our, you know, presently, but, and through history. Yeah. You know, people who are evil, I don't know any other word for it.
0: Yeah. Well, there's, there's certainly, you know, there's, there's light and love. And then there's, some people say the opposite of love is fear. Um, And I I kind of like that. That's right. Saying.
3: So, it uses, it, evil uses fear as its tool. So I, I definitely subscribe. Yeah. to.
0: So how do we protect ourselves against it?
3: What I learned was when I learned to connect with intuition, um, which is, you know, my authentic self, Mm -hmm. um, the love within God, within, as long as you're just in a space of love and you're a loving person and you have good intentions, you're protected. I don't think we have to do anything fancy. Um, I think that if you are subjected to people that make you feel bad especially bad about yourself, there's abuse, there's whatever. I yeah. think the more you're subjected to that, the more that um, you are susceptible to those kinds of fears and that negativity because you don't treat yourself when you're not going to treat other people well. And that's how the negativity spreads. But I honestly, like, I don't think that you need to do anything special except be in a place of, of love and kindness.
0: Yeah. So it's no no spells or... Anything like that, it's really a, a matter of of choosing to stay positive and to to love yourself, I guess is what you're saying
3: I think so, and mm-hmm. not that there aren't credible people who do energy healing um who can help with you know energy blocks or helping infuse you with loving energy and things like mm-hmm. that you know, not, sure. not people who do help with that right, but um, I think we have a lot more power than we give ourselves credit for,
0: yeah. So um, you mentioned in in your bio that you had healed from the eating disorder, which you mentioned earlier, you had from a, a, as a child. But uh, you had also Lyme disease.
3: I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I found out approximately six, five or six years ago that I had had it since I was a child. growing up in Connecticut, two towns over from Lyme, mm. and it was every. I mean, every case of Lyme is very different. No matter you know, who you are, it's just going to present with different symptoms, but I didn't have it to where it was debilitating, but I knew something was just not right. And, um, the doctor that I worked with was a naturopath that I'd worked with for, you know, since I was 17, he just helped me with a lot of different things. So he was very experienced Mm -hmm. and he said I had been trapped, probably been treating it for my whole life, just treating symptoms with different you know, food or vitamins or whatever I was doing. Hmm. Um, But a really fascinating thing happened from that. As I got better, the depression that I had suffered since I was, you know, an adolescent went away. Hmm. and That was pretty amazing. I was not expecting that.
0: Yeah. So how did you start getting better from the Lyme disease?
3: Uh, He, he treats pretty naturally. um, Okay. Again, every you know, treatment is a little bit. For me, I really mm-hmm. did not want to use antibiotics because I have horrible tolerance to them and I didn't feel I needed them. And so we were able to do that. Um, I looked at it from a spiritual point of view
2: mm-hmm. and
3: said, what is going on in my life? Why is this happening now? Um, what, you know, how could this be manifesting as fear? Um, you know, what is the message here? What's, how is God, intuition, whatever, trying to get my attention? Mm-hmm. and get to see what I need to change. And for me, it was writing the proposal to my book that I knew I needed to write since I was 16. Um, but so we, you know, looked at it from all different points of view. Um, he also used a Rife machine. I don't know if you're familiar with that.
2: No. Uh,
3: it's an electronic frequency machine. It can definitely be controversial. People have made claims that are not accurate about it,
2: mm-hmm.
3: but for, you know, for me and for a lot of the other people that I know, um, it definitely was part of me getting better. So I basically used whatever I could use, you know, really um tried to look at it from all directions, um, diet and um, you know, everything. But it was it was it was individualized treatment,
0: which yeah. I think
3: is super important for anything.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned also that I think Jungian, Jungian psychology plays a big part in your in your philosophy in your life. So yeah. tell me a little bit more about. I know a little bit about it. I know it. It sounds like a kind of almost a spiritual form of psychology.
1: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: It is, it's, he's, he has written hundreds of books and it's Mm -hmm. the kind of book that you read and then it hurts your head after, but you know, you like got something out of it. Right. Uh, He was a successful psychiatrist in his time, which is sort of the the early to mid 1900s. And he was a disciple of Freud at first and then they split off. But he actually developed a lot of his theories and practices from waking trances that he used to go into.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: he started, the, I think this is one of the more interesting parts of his life, and it kind of applies to a lot of what I do, but um, he started having these visions of bloody rivers and people in the water who were bloody and just sort of warlike scenes and didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. And he thought he was going crazy and having a nervous breakdown. And everyone around him said, don't tell people about that. You know, just check yourself in somewhere. There's something wrong with you. And to his credit, he courageously decided to go towards it instead of going away from it. And he put himself into these waking trances to try and learn what was going on. And he developed relationships with different intuitive guides. He did a series of very elaborate, amazing watercolors and he actually wrote a dialogue to the people that he was meeting in in these trances. And it became something called the red book. Okay. Which if you have not seen or looked at um, it's, it's amazing. It's all in script and the pictures are beautiful. And it's, again, it's one of those, you can read a little bit of and then have to take a break. Mm -hmm. But um, so to this day, some people said he actually did have a nervous breakdown, but his mom's whole side of the family were mediums. Um, his dads were religious pastors and things like that. So, um, but a lot of people, and I do believe that this is the case, believe that he was actually having a premonition, um, to world war Mm. one. Um, he lived in Europe and it was the things that he described later were very much like scenes that actually did happen. So consequently his way of, of practicing is a lot of, um, you know, emphasizing talking to your your inner spirit, um, talking to your symptoms, for example, mm-hmm. instead of fighting them, seeing them as friends, and asking why are you here? What do you need for me to heal? Um, you know, a lot of symbolism, a lot of mm-hmm. mythology type stuff, um, dream interpretation. Um, you know, really believing that we have what we need inside of us to heal. We just need to have it brought out and. And I have to say that connecting with intuition and finding self-love and self-acceptance is why I healed. And without that, I wouldn't even be here.
0: Yeah. I think um, what, you, what you said there is, is very important. And I think a lot of us, you know, have, have really struggled with that, you know, connecting with our intuition and, and our own power. Well, we're, we're taught that we're powerless. You know, a lot of us have been taught by people around us right. that, you know, we're powerless and, you know, to, to, We're we're not we're sinners you know stuff like that and we're told to to go to doctors and trust what the doctor says and we're always giving our power away it seems like
3: I really agree I really really agree and we need each other you know and we need each other's wisdom but to you know I always tell people I never want you to substitute my intuition for yours so when I I send people the reports before we meet in the paintings but we always go over them together. And I always say, if something doesn't fit, I want to know. And let's figure out why it's there. Or, you know, could it be for somebody that you love or somebody in your past? Or is it symbolic? Or am I just having an off day with that one? You know, there's like 75 bits of uh, pieces of information on each report. So it's extensive. So, you know, sometimes I'll get something for the person that I was doing the reading for just before them or or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, it's really important that it be an interactive process. Yeah. And I empower them.
0: Yeah. So you said people come to you, uh, sometimes with medical conditions. Mm -hmm. um, And so are you a healer? Or do you do diagnose? And how does that work?
3: Very good question. So while I am a Reiki master, and I've done other forms of hands on healing and distance healing, I can do that. Mm -hmm. But primarily, um, well, number one, I don't diagnose because it's Illegal and
2: unethical,
3: and especially as a licensed professional counselor, it's especially important that I don't do that. Right. So, even when I am giving people details, you know, if I pick up symptoms, if I if I hear a quote diagnosis, um, I will put everything down that I hear and then check it out with the person because sometimes they know it already, and sometimes it's it's new. Mm-hmm. but I have people that I really trust that I refer to uh, medical people
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: who can either verify my information who can do some testing who can do some different types of treatment um you know things like that because i I like working with a team I like having people have other support but also because I'm not a test right you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor and don't want to play one on TV. Right. um, As the commercial goes. So, um, but we, so like, for example, with medical stuff um, I can say, you know, these are some of the herbs that are coming up that I think would be helpful, or these are some of the strategies within your relationship um, or whatever. And then I always say, you know, please, if, if, as far as medical stuff, please check these out your physician check them out with you see how it feels to your intuition Mm -hmm. Um, let's look up whatever else you're on or using to make sure there's no interactions right right. um, herbs are not candy you know stuff like that Um, and so i'm i'm really proud of that and i'm especially careful about that and i've also had my abilities and accuracy i don't know if tested is the right word but we did um an in a peer reviewed journal edited by an MD. And mm-hmm. we did an um, informal study of like 75 or 80 of my clients and also a lot of their physicians. So we use their medical records. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It was important to me as a clinician to mm-hmm. do that. Um, and I found it came out to be 95% accurate as an average. So that was pretty cool.
0: Wow, that's, that's incredible. That's amazing. And I I love that you've done that. I'm a scientist myself, my background is chemical engineering. Mm -hmm. And so even as I study all this, this woo woo stuff to use that word, um, you know, I think there, it it should be able to be tested, you know, to some extent, we can't test everything, we can't test everything clinically. um, But we can we can correlate data, and we can figure out whether or not, you know, this makes sense. So it's not just your Feeling that you're that you're being inaccurate so give me give me some idea with that disclosing any confidentialities of course yeah. of the types of things that you've been able to diagnose okay or so, not diagnosed to
3: right 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 to uncover find the right there you go um literally everything i mean i can't I, I can't even the list is so long but um you know i do work with line people um there's a lot of things that get misdiagnosed um yes. especially autoimmune wise mm-hmm. so autoimmune things um you know PCOS um help with fertility things that um you know emotional um issues um i have a client who has is recovered from a brain tumor um who's having seizures um i mean literally like everything you can think of um, like autism and um, god Just everything, Um, you know, just general sort of, you know, weird little mystery symptoms and Mm -hmm. and pains and um, mold, a lot of mold toxicity stuff and chemical sensitivity and food things, gut things. Um, There's a lot of. I really like the overlap of the spirituality and the physicality, because
2: Mm
3: -hmm. I often will be able to tell if somebody has had sexual trauma of some type Mm -hmm. and they don't often relate it to the physical, emotional issues that they're having, especially, you know, they've done a lot of work on it. So to be able to connect all these little dots of this is kind of still going on. These are some things that, you know, more onion skin that you have to peel back right? or what happens a lot, is people will come to me with physical issues and sometimes they'll say, I don't think anything else is going on. It's just, you know, I, I have this, whatever. And, you know, in the report, I'll uncover that they're having, they're in a really bad marriage. um,
2: Okay.
3: For a long time, or they hate their job or whatever. And, you know, we, we talk about the fact that you, you're not going to feel physically better until you make those changes. And a lot of them are waiting to make the changes until they feel better.
1: We'll get back to Grief to Growth in just a few seconds. Did you know that Brian is an author and a life coach? If you're grieving or know someone who is grieving, his book, Grief to Growth, is a best-selling, easy-to-read book that might help you or someone you know. People work with Brian as a life coach to break through barriers and live their best lives. You can find out more about Brian and what he offers at www.grieftogrowth.com www.grief the number 2 growth.com or text growth g r o w t h to 31996 if you'd like to support this podcast visit www.patreon.com/grief-togrowth, www.patreon.com/grief to growth slash grief the number 2 growth to make a financial contribution. And now back to grief to growth. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. You know, yeah. it's interesting as you were talking about some of those things, I was thinking, you mentioned Lyme and you mentioned mold. Um, and I, and I, I know someone that was going through different diagnoses for things like that. Cause a lot of times we don't know where the mold is. We totally. don't know, and Lyme presents in different ways, um, food allergies. So do you, would you get something like you should stop eating corn? I mean, would
3: yeah, that happens. Or um, I can pick out, uh, oftentimes I can pinpoint in their house where the mold is, that's happened several times.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, or if they're in, I'll pick up, you know, when you're in this place, do you have more reactions? Yeah, I never thought of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, like sometimes their house could be fine when it's in their, it's in their barn or it's in their place of work or things like that, you know, or I'll say, you know, I feel like, As you've gotten older, you're much less tolerant to dairy um, or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, I just basically go with whatever my guides put in my head. And I have to be very, very careful not to interpret it because as a human, I can mess it up. And it's also why I want to know as little as possible about the people before I start the reading, because my human biases can make all sorts of assumptions and then I can screw up the reading. And when I started, I had to be really careful about that. But but a really good example, I was doing a reading on a 12 year old girl and I heard tooth enamel. So as a human, I thought she must have, you know, bad teeth and cavities and everything. And when I was talking to her mom and about it, she said, you know, you just wrote tooth enamel. And I said, that's what I heard. And she said, her teeth are extraordinarily strong. So that was an identifier.
2: Mm-hmm. to show oh. them
3: that I was actually tuned into them. Because okay. my guys give me a lot of that to like to prove to people that yes, you are, you know, accurate, you're in tune. You've got all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't about a negative thing, it was about a positive thing.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So with your clients, when they, they book in a new client so that you just get their name and then you you start the report before you ever meet them. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, I get their name and age. Obviously, I get their um, their email because we email each other right? Um, and phone number. And the yes, then I will. I have sort of a template for my reports that it's four pages and it's all the chakras and things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very detailed and very personal. You know, I've had some critics say, well, you can just go to social media or you could do um, some kind of a search, you know, get a PI or something. And the information is very, very personal. A lot of the time it's things they never told anyone, things from their whole lifespan. So it's not something, you know, a lot of my clients don't even have social media accounts.
2: Mm-hmm, right. so,
3: um, so, yeah, I start to do that. I do the report first. And then I create a symbolic energy painting Mm -hmm. um, in watercolor for me, because I just like watercolor and it can be a figure or an animal or a plant, or they're all different. And then my guides start by telling me to start with a color and then I'll start making lines and stuff. And they sort of say, okay, you know, keep going. So they tell me where to put the colors and I don't usually know what the painting means until we interpret it at the end because Mm. my guests give me a lot more information, but it both confirms the information in the report and also gives additional information. Like sometimes the painting will pick up sexual abuse or sexual trauma by creating a red area in the hips, for example. Mm. Um, And I'll hear the word trauma and I didn't get that in the report. So it's, it's nice to have both of those tools.
1: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Hi there. I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. www.grief2growth.com slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it. So what's your, what's your relationship with your guides? Like do, do you know their names? Do they have?
3: Yeah, it's everybody, you know, has a different experience. Um, mm-hmm. There are some people who used to be on this planet, like my, my grandma and my mom and a couple other people, um, who I do, you know, know of, I don't know the names of the rest of my guides. I know one is a native American male. Um, I always see him wearing this big chief thing. Um, and then there's a few, there's a younger female, there's a younger female who I think is part of his tribe. Um, and then there's just, I see it as me sitting at a round table with just tons and tons of people around it
0: Hmm. um,
3: who are helping them. I think we all have armies of people who are looking after us.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because I've heard that we all have guides and some people I I've heard anywhere from one to to dozens. And, and I guess some people's guides, they said they come and they go during their lifetimes, uh, depending on what your season is or what your particular particular needs are. Um, so you you create this report and you sit down and you go over it with the client, I guess, and you, mm-hmm. you confirm things in you know, the back and forth. And you were saying that you get actually you know, evidential things. This is not just like, you it's, know, you're, yes. you're a happy kind of a person.
3: It's very evidential. That's mm-hmm. incredibly important to me. And that's also why I send it before we meet, they get it the day before they mm-hmm. get all the day before, you know, so I can't BS it. Um, you know, and it's, it's very detailed. It's, um, yeah. Very, very, very detailed. So, and people are, the first thing I hear is how the hell did you do that?
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and, then, and then that was weird, but really cool. I'm like, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I, when I went to the spiritualist church, they talked a lot about evidential mediumship, which is different from, I think it's different from regular mediumship in that you give evidence of actually talking to the person and knowing the person and things that other people wouldn't know. And, you know, I I think that's really important to add to the credibility.
0: Yeah. Now, do people also come to you for medium readings or?
3: Sometimes, not as much, um, primarily the other stuff. But sometimes, um, as I said, I will get information often from their loved ones. And especially in, I don't know how much you know about chakras, but the fourth chakra is the heart chakra. Mm Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that's where I often get the most information. Um, I'll hear from somebody who either has died from that area or um, so they'll tell me like what they died from Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
3: or something about them. And that's interesting where they often come through. Um, Sometimes in the first chakra, which has to do with like family and um, safety, security and things like that. So I naturally get, you know. Um, information about loved ones there, too. But yeah, I used to I do um, readings on animals, too, which is super fun. Yeah, horses and dogs and cats and and other things, which um, you learn how much like humans they really are when you do some of that work. It's cool.
0: Yeah, well, give me an example of an animal that you did a reading for.
3: Yeah, so um, horses are my favorite, partly because I know nothing about them. I've never been around horses. And so I guess one of my favorite ones that I've worked with repeatedly is she was a doctor and she had this horse and these, they were, they had very similar personalities. They had some similar, um, health issues. You know, they had inflammation in similar parts of their bodies. Um, the horse was, it had just a huge personality and, um, you know, when she didn't come, the horse would get mad at her, when she didn't come visit her.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. um,
3: it had gut issues. It had some lime and mold as well. So we were working with all of that. And it's um, they also tell me things about their owners, which is really interesting. Hmm. So because they really want us to be healthy and they really care about us. They're sort of they're here for us you know, to be our companions and to love us. So hmm. they want el- us to be as healthy as possible too. Um, yeah, But it's a lot like doing a reading on a, on a human. They just, they sort of tell me things like I'm talking to you.
0: Okay. So when, if I were to say, I want to do a reading on my, on my dog, would you hear from my dog or would you hear from your guides or, or both?
3: It's both. Okay. It's definitely both, um, which is kind of different. Well, I guess it is different than when I do a human one. Mm-hmm. Because, well and also not always sometimes the animals are deceased like i can do this on dead people too which is mm-hmm. kind of neat um and some people just want to know about you know their their animal who has passed or whatever but yeah interesting with animals i hear from them and get information you know more neutral information i guess from my guides so
0: yeah Well, we talked a lot about medical intuition. Why else do people come to you? If if I'm not having a medical condition, what would be the reason? Yeah.
3: So um, they want to know about their life purpose. You know, they feel like what they're doing is, is okay, but it's not what they wanted to do their whole lives. And they feel like they're off track or they want to, excuse me, they want to um, create a business or they want to, Um, do some kind of healing work or spiritual work and either they don't know how to get started or they have self-doubt or you know they're afraid of doing something new um sometimes it's relationships you know how can i make my relationship better Mm -hmm. Um, it's you know resolving trauma i work with a lot of people who've been through trauma and how to come back from it and feel empowered and really be able to feel good about yourself and um I really like working with trauma people because you can do, you can just make such a huge difference. Yeah. You know, um, so, and, you know, mental health stuff, certainly. And just people who want to connect, learn to connect to their intuition um, okay. and their psychic abilities. Part of just about every reading I do is some techniques that I use to help people connect with their intuition. Because um, I really feel like that's an important part of healing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: so what type of things would that include? Learning. So, to
3: my favorite one, and this is what healed me. Literally, I would not be alive without this. It's a Jungian technique. I can't take credit for it, but it's first of all it's seeing intuition as this loving force that knows everything about you. It doesn't care what you look like, what you weigh, what there's no judgment, um, unconditional acceptance, and. It's sort of like this bodyguard that is with you all the time. So it's always keeping you safe, Hmm. which is a different way of looking at intuition. Mm -hmm. So the technique is to physically write down a question, statement, your feelings, direct it to your intuition. If it's uncomfortable for people to say intuition, I say, well, address it to God or address it to, you know, your grandma that you were really close to or whatever, just do what's comfortable. Mm -hmm. So write that down and then just sit and wait for what you hear feel see in response to what you wrote and then write back to it and then see what you get in response write that down write back to it for as long as you feel like it hmm. sometimes these conversations are 5 minutes sometimes i do it for 20 minutes and it's the way that i talk to my guides i kind of use intuition and guides in my life is sort of you know interchangeable
2: mm-hmm.
3: but and Sometimes um, the things that kind of trip people up are overthinking. Like, is this really me? Why does it just sound like my voice? You know, why aren't I having a of body experience when I do this? <laughs> yeah. Um, why am I just hearing one or two words? Or why aren't I hearing anything? Or um, so I just kind of tell people go with what you get mm-hmm. and be open to it. And then also some people will hear things not related to what they asked about. And that's totally okay because our intuition has other stuff to tell us. Like we're not in control all the time, you know?
0: Yeah. It's interesting because as you were describing what the intuition is, I got the impression I was thinking like, this sounds like God, but not the God we were taught about in Sunday school. This is like right. the, the idealized version of God. Absolutely. right? That always loves us, this always cares about us, that there's no judgment. Um, yeah. So that that is the part of ourselves. And that's an interesting Dynamic too, because as you were talking about that, I'm thinking about you know, is that God? Is that my higher self? You know, is that my guides? You know, it's,
3: and it doesn't really matter what you call it, right? The way that it made sense to me when I was learning it, when I had zero self esteem, didn't even know what intuition was, um, was that it was the source. So if it was the source, it made me, and if it made me, it sees me as perfect. It doesn't lie to me and it doesn't just give me a bunch of BS. Like it tells me the truth, Mm -hmm. but it's on my side and it knows what's best for me. And, you know, at the time it was all eating disorder stuff. So it didn't care what I weighed or what I looked like or how many calories I ate that day. It really did not give a shit. Mm -hmm. It was just, you're lovable, you're acceptable, be yourself. You know, Um, when I connected to it, I felt like for the first time in my life, I wasn't alone anymore yeah by myself so the you know young calling it god within i think is a really great description and like you said god meaning the one we all that loves all of us you know that it doesn't care matter what you call it
0: yeah and I, i love what you said there because i think in going back to what we were talking about earlier with all the negativity that's going on right now i think another thing that's happening at this particular point in time as we're recording this in january of 2021 is a lot of people are feeling very lonely absolutely uh, so uh, this this idea of connecting to our intuition might be something that we could all use a little bit more as we're so isolated right now
3: absolutely absolutely and just you know helping you to accept yourself and therefore being able to accept others and not maybe not feeling like we're so different maybe seeing our similarities and and just um you know forgiving yourselves for being human and then you can look at other people and not see them as there's something wrong with them or you know I think so much of the problems of I'm not even gonna go into I was gonna say the last four years but I'm not touching that
2: uh,
3: <laughs> of a lot of uh you know history maybe is that we don't either have the time or opportunity to, to get to know people who are quote different from us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just essential, you know, and um, and it's really sad that there are people who still see so many differences.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, we are so quick to judge ourselves. And I think that also we project that onto other people as well, because we're we're taught that we're not worthy because we made a mistake or we're overweight or underweight or we're too tall or we're too short or whatever it is. And you know, the idea of love really begins with ourselves. And I think that's something I keep hearing, you know, coming from you over and over again. Yeah. And for me, that's so counter to the the image or the what I was told, you know, when we were told as children. It's like right. you should be giving, you should give to everybody else. You should take care of other people before you take care of yourself. And right. taking care of yourself is a selfish thing to do.
2: Right.
3: Right. And often if you're if you grow up in a dysfunctional family where there's um you know substance abuse or narcissism or mental illness or whatever you grow up having to figure out what those other people need before they need it because if you don't respond the way they need you to you're going to get abandoned and you're going to be rejected so it's not about getting to know ourselves or trusting our own intuition you know it's really about detachment from that and then you kind of learn through guilt and rejection, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting as you said that, because um, I think it's a little bit of both because I, as so many mediums and intuitives do grow up in dysfunctional families and yep. they grow up with people that are abusive. And what I've heard is, I guess it's because you have to learn to read that other person that you no, know, for most of us, we come in with our intuition and it kind of shuts down right. and we forget about it. But for people that have to use it that way, I, it maybe seems to heighten it.
3: It does. I think empathy is definitely a learned skill yeah. and a survival skill for a lot of people. And for some people that means psychic ability for some people like empathic ability is different from psychic ability or different from mediumship. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think it's a learned skill. And, um, and I think that it's, it's where boundaries can get really iffy and we lose ourselves and, yeah. you know, Another person and don't realize we can be separate. Um, but yeah, and it's I really believe that all of the so-called negative experiences I've been through are like the eating disorder was the best thing that ever happened to me, which sounds really crazy. But mm-hmm. if I hadn't gotten it, I wouldn't have separated from my family, I wouldn't have learned to get to know my intuition or accept my abilities or or learn my life path or so many things. You know, I'm just so grateful for it. And so many of the things, like when I, right before I found out I had Lyme, I started to get all these Lyme clients and I thought, okay, come on, really?
2: <laughs> so, mm-hmm.
3: But everything I learned about helps me help others more. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting, interesting road.
0: <laughs> it is. And you know, that, what you said, you know, you're grateful for your eating disorder. I, 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 that doesn't sound weird to me at all, because I've, I've talked to so many people who are. Grateful for their cancer or grateful okay, for their okay. divorce or right. grateful for you know whatever it is that it seems to have taken to exactly. have wakened us up exactly. and to give us actually it could be an opportunity to to grow um, and nobody wants to hear that when they're going through it but once we come out the other side we can say hey then maybe that's maybe that was there for my own good
3: exactly yeah a lot of people who work for me that you know we we talk about things that they didn't relate to other things. And like, you gave me the courage to be able to leave my husband that I needed to leave for, you know, 20 years, or Mm -hmm. um, because we discovered this, I realized if I want to heal, I have to get a new job, even if it's scary, or do you know, having this and not finding help from traditional medicine, um, forced me to learn about spirituality, which I never would have done otherwise, or, you know, tons and tons of stories like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I know you're working on your book, And so tell me what that's going to be when that comes out.
3: Yeah, so um, the the title is actually, it just got changed. Um, It's Heal From Within, A Guide to Intuitive Wellness. Mm, Okay. And um, it's being published by St. Martin's Press. They're they're super great. Um, And it's basically taking people through a reading. Um, It gives a little bit of my backstory and how I got to where I am. And then talks about what is intuition. Mm -hmm. how to connect to it and explains, you know, the chakras as I work with them, but it's helping people identify their issues, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: figure out where, um, where in the body and in their energy field, these, these issues are so they know how to address them, gives them a lot of um, emotional, spiritual and physical root causes for what they have Um, helps them to develop strategies um, for addressing these things and um and then um kind of like different creative exercises like I teach people in the book how to make one of my paintings you know one of my creative yeah
2: Um,
3: I actually do workshops on that too um take people through just how to do the paintings because you don't have to be medical intuitive, or any like special person to to do some of this stuff you know Mm -hmm. um and then during the workshop we like we interpret them all individually which is super fun
2: Mm -hmm. um
3: So it's kind of like my my husband calls it Katie Beecher, the home game, (laughs) Um, but it's taking them through a reading process the best that I can, just as if they were having one with me um, and, you know, looking at everything going on with them and then devising a plan for, for health and wellness and, and healing moving forward.
0: Okay. So is this taking them through doing a reading on themselves?
3: Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Wow. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. um, It's all the steps that I use. It's actually, there's a blank template of the reports that I actually use Mm -hmm. and I show them how to tap into their intuition um, to, to fill that out for themselves, um, to look at the different chakras and say, okay, this is um, like thyroid, for example, it's the fifth chakra because that's the throat. So what are the emotional characteristics of the fifth chakra. You know, um what are what are the physical characteristics and it's about um, being able to speak up for yourself or giving out too much information.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um or um or how well you communicate, um or how well you're being heard as well. Mm-hmm. Um you know, how empowered you feel or not. Um there's so many different aspects to it and then I encourage them to look at all these things and say which of these applies. To you, which you think is happening in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all kinds of like quizzes in there and worksheets and suggestions for connecting with your intuition. There's the um the exercise that I described to you is in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot of I wanted it to be very interactive and hands-on and so people could um you know, I can't work with with everyone, so right. and it's not a substitute for a reading. I'm not trying to say it is, but right. it's I think it's a really helpful tool. Like people who've read it so far have said like, it's very, um, you make it very relatable. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me feel good. Cause when I'm writing it, I don't remember what I'm writing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, well,
0: I yeah. think it's, I think it's uh, important for people to start to learn a little bit more, to trust our own intuition. And as totally. I've uh, you know, been down this path myself, and I talked to so many medical intuitives and mediums and stuff, um, you know, a lot of us, lay people will say, well, I could never do that. I could never do what you do. And yeah. you've got some magical ability that we don't, the rest of us don't have. So what would you say to someone that said something like that?
3: That happens a lot. Um, what I say is that we all have intuitive abilities, all
2: of mm. us. And
3: it might be more apparent when you're young, because you haven't been told to fear it or to not trust it yet, or that you're the devil incarnate if you're trusting it, you know. Um, but it's kind of like, like for medical intuition, you know, when you have a young child and that child's crying, there's certain cries that you pick up and you can call it instinct if you want, Mm -hmm. but I also call it medical intuition. You know, you kind of know, is there, is that an earache? Is it a stomach ache? Is it a, there's things you just know as a parent. Mm -hmm. And then even with yourself, you have a symptom, you have to decide what to do with that. So you have to decide do I need to go to a doctor? Do I need to rest, which a lot of us don't listen to soon enough? Um, do I need to, you know, eat something different? Do I take something? You know, how do I how do I approach what's going on in my body right now? So yeah. you're doing medical intuition.
2: right
0: there. Uh, You know, I, it's funny, as you were saying that, and you were talking about, like, uh, the baby's cry. I was thinking about my dog. Um right. Yeah, I yeah, can sometimes yeah. just look at my dog, and I can tell that she needs to go out.
2: Yes, yes. And
0: it's like, and but I don't. So I've I've always said, well, she's learned how to communicate to me non-verbally, but I can just tell, you know, when she's sitting, this the way she's yep. looking It's like, yeah, she needs to go outside. Yep. And my wife and my daughter would be like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, <laughs> "She's telling you she needs to go out, <laughs> right?" So I think we, I think we do have more of that than we realize. And I, I've just personally done a little bit of work with some mediums done some kind of workshops and,
2: yeah.
0: and I've done some things and they're like, we'll just try to get, you know, there's a person and this was a woman whose son had passed and right, to right. try to get something on her son. And I just like, I was blown away by some of the things I got. I was like, right. I yep, 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 do yep. This. it's, but, um,
3: as part of my workshops, I will say, I'm going to give you guys an exercise and they'll look at me like, Oh my God. Um, and I'm saying, I'm going to give you a name and age and I want you to write down everything you can get. And they literally are like, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, don't make me do this. And I'm like, you don't have to, but you know, yeah. it's not, no one's going to put it on the internet. Um, so I just have them write down whatever they have. And then in, so they don't feel embarrassed or whatever, I'll go around and look, you know, mm. and some of the people come because they already have an interest in what I do and they have some abilities, but not everybody. And it's really amazing how many details they can get.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I just give you real quick. Um, yeah. This this particular case, I was there was like a woman whose son had passed away. And they said, you know, think of a song. And I thought of the song and it was um, yellow rose of Texas. No, I know what it was. they said. He's putting something in your hand. You know, so think he's putting something in your hand. And, I, and what is it? And I said, it's a rose. And it says it's a yellow rose. And then I got the song yellow rose of Texas. So I was like, is there some connection to Texas? Well, I think they did have a connection to Texas, but the wild thing was she was doing this from her car, and her husband had given her a rose like a week or so before, and it was still in her car. She she, you know, she picks up this rose I and says, it. There's this yellow rose in my car that her son had given her or husband had given her in remembrance of her son. And I was like, This is crazy. <laughs> um, so That's I just My world. <laughs> I say this to people to encourage you to try these things. And I've done these several times. I'm usually off, but there've been a couple of times that they've been like, you know, crazy accurate. So I think we all need to just work on that ability.
3: And also to not necessarily overanalyze it, Mm -hmm. because I've learned with my stuff to just put down what I hear. Mm -hmm. And I may not know what it is or the significance of it, or I may not like even the client first may not. They're like, I'm not really sure what that is. And by the end of the report, we're like, oh God, we figured that out. Yeah. You know? So because of self-doubt, people don't tend to allow things or yeah. they think too much about it. And it could be symbolic sometimes, you know, like yeah. there's so many things. Um, and you don't in, in daily life, you don't really have an opportunity to test that a lot,
1: you
0: know. No, you don't, but like I guess I would just encourage people to write the things down when yeah. these, these synchronicities happens to you, these things we call coincidences and start to look out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I found myself, I'll have dreams that sometimes the yeah. next day something will happen. Like one day I dreamed about a mailbox being knocked over the next day I went, went for my walk. There was a mailbox laying over Yep, um, yep. You know, stuff like that. And, and just start to pick up on those things and, and start to trust yourself a little bit more.
3: No, I think for me, One of the comments I often get is you seem
0: so grounded (laughs) for the work you do. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that.
3: (laughs) Um, But it's really important to me to not make this woo-woo and not make it weird and scary, you know? Because to me, it's just love. We're just (laughs) connecting with love and other people. And it's natural. And it's just because you can't see it or touch it sometimes doesn't mean it's not real. And I don't want people to... You know, substitute. You know, use me as a guru, or think like I. I mean, yeah, I love having clients, and I love working with people. But right. I'm the first one to teach them how to connect to their loved ones. You know, yeah, because they don't really want to talk to a medium; they want to talk to them. It's difficult the yeah. people. Awesome. So I'm like, no, let me teach you. And they're like, really? Yeah. You know, um, so that's why well,
0: really I, I do love that about what you're saying. And I, and I guess I've been very fortunate because the, the people that I worked with, the mediums that I've met, and stuff—they they all say the same thing. You know, I like to work myself out of a job. You can, you can all do this. Now we're <laughs> never going to trust. Right. We're never going to trust ourselves about someone else. Because the other thing I realized is for me anyway, it and talking to me, it's, it's almost like your imagination. It, you hear yeah. your own voice. They're not, you're not, most people don't objectively see spirit. They're not hearing their voices as it's, it's subtle impressions.
2: Exactly. And,
0: and we can all get those things. And we all, we, you know, like when you're sitting there and you're thinking of someone and the phone rings. Exactly. Uh, and it's the person that you happen to be thinking of. I mean, we've all had that experience. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
3: And right before my grandfather died, my grandmother wasn't particularly, she didn't talk about being a medium. She we didn't talk about this stuff because when I brought stuff up to talk to her, but my grandfather was in hospice and she didn't go the day that he died. And actually I'm the one who said it's okay to go. And, and he went, which is interesting for me, but anyway. Mm-hmm. um, So I said, you know, um, she said something about I wasn't there. I didn't go today to hospice. And I said, Yeah, I know, that's okay. And she said, No, it's because clear as day, the night before I saw him sitting in his chair and mm. and I knew that he had gone. You know, mm. so it doesn't have to be weird. It happens all the time. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah, it's a lot more common than we think.
3: Yeah. Uh, Katie,
0: any any last words you want to say before we leave for this afternoon?
3: Um, I would love if people checked out my website. Oh, absolutely. And- it's um Katie Beecher. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's Katie There's mm-hmm. too many going through my head. Um, yeah, Katie and I'm on Instagram. It's Katie Beecher Medical Intuitive and Facebook, the same thing. Um, I'd love it if you guys checked it out and you know, follow me, make comments, ask questions, whatever. Um, I'm always happy to hear from people.
0: Yeah, it sounds great. I will definitely put the links uh in, in the oh, show notes cool. when this when this comes out. Uh, and we'll be on the lookout for your book and maybe you can come back when the, when the book comes out and we can I talk about it a little to. bit more. Yeah.
3: And When I'm, where are you located?
0: I'm in Ohio, Cincinnati.
3: Oh, you've told me that. Um, if I ever do a workshop near you, you can come and try out your, uh, intuitive painting ability. Yeah.
0: If we ever get out from under this. Oh COVID dance, yeah. I
3: know, right?
0: Yeah. We're, we're all tired of it at this point. Katie, it's been a pleasure meeting you. Thanks for being here today.
3: You too. Thank you so much.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to make it really easy for you to reach me. So just send me a text to 31996 and simply text the word growth, G-R-O-W-T-H. In fact, you can right now just say, hey, Siri, send a message to 31996. And when Siri asks you what you want to send, just say growth. You can do the same thing with OK Google. Thanks a lot. Have a wonderful day.
1: Thanks for listening to Grief to Growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful and will come back for future episodes. Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron. Head over to www.patreon.com slash grief 2 growth. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot slash grief. The number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth,